What's poppin' people? Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast, episode 42, you're listening to it. Today we're talking about Arcade Mania. I'm Ken. And I'm GC13. Super cool. So this is another one of the really way retro, you know, looks at the Steven Universe episodes, and it doesn't have quite all the excitement that we're used to from, I guess, I guess it would be the modern Steven Universe episodes, but it's, they're still all fun to watch. Yeah, this was entertaining. I do think a lot of the jokes were awkward. A lot of them were kind of landing flat for me. But overall, I'd say this was a pretty entertaining episode. A lot of stuff to kind of tease us that's going to be explained later on, even if some of it still hasn't been perfectly explained as of yet. Yeah, this is this is when we first meet Garnet as a Triclops. Right. That was surprising to me, especially because of the context in which we see it. Not necessarily because she's playing a video game, but when we first see her eyes in this instance, they're like bug-eyed. They're like perfect circles. And it was kind of freaky and scary is like an exaggeration, but maybe not too much. It was kind of scary or off-putting to see that the first time, at least for me. It was kind of freaky watching how her third eye was just going crazy and her her two main eyes were just focused straight ahead. That was that was definitely an interesting reveal, and I'm pretty sure this is something the fans had speculated about. Ooh, could Garnet have three eyes? I wasn't involved in like the speculation side of things. Even I mean, I'm not now either, really, but even to a less degree than I am now. So yeah, I wouldn't know about that. That's interesting that people were like speculating even this early. See, I can't remember much of the speculation from the early day. Next week when we cover Giant Woman, oh, I sure remember the speculation that went on after that, but this one can't really remember that much. I gotcha. But, you know, we have lots of fans. Even even back in the early days, there were a few thousand people on the subs, so, I mean, if anybody's going to come in and ask, hey, did anyone notice this, then even at, a, even at only a few thousand members, you still have a pretty high chance of the answer being yes. Interesting. Were you a moderator on the sub, like, this early on? No, no, no. I wasn't a moderator on the sub until sometime around Mirror Gem and Ocean Gem. Okay. But <laughs> we have a video game called Meat Beat Mania. Yeah, that I, I was just thinking about that. That is some awkward phrasing. That's okay. It's right there by the Whacker Man. Are you, I didn't even the notice The Whacker that. Man wow. machine. Uh, wow. That's okay. It's on the completely different side of the town from Wiener in Hand, though, so at least they got <laughs> wow. that separated. Wow, Stephen Kruniverse. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we get, we're get we carrying the Rocco's Modern Life torch into the modern era with Stephen Universe. Tisk tisk. <laughs> uh, the choky chicken. Speaking of those games, I thought that, like, Amethyst and Pearl should have been switched, I think. Pearl would have been really good at skee-ball or rollerball, and Amethyst would have really enjoyed the driving game. Yeah, but I did think it was very interesting to note that Pearl knows how to drive a car. She's asking, well, which one of these is my turn signal? Because she looks, she doesn't see a turn signal, and she knows it needs to be there. Right, I noticed that too. I think it's just another thing kind of similar to Pygate. They just didn't really know exactly what they were going to do with the character. So, like, it just seemed to make sense you'd know how to drive. Yeah, but then, then of course, whenever they need somebody to sub in on the on the long drive in Ocean Gem, Pearl knows how to drive a car, they remembered. Oh, you're right. Okay, never mind. I take it so, back. Yeah, that made is, perfect sense. This is sense. like the opposite of Pygate. This is them remembering prior continuity. Right. <laughs> That, 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 is a, that is a great game, though. You're supposed to crash into everything. <laughs> that was a funny bit. And of course, Amethyst and her doomed quest to win an airplane, and we all know how that ends up. She gets hit by one instead. When does that happen? That episode happens in Steven the Swordfighter. 
I got hit by airplane! Although, since we're talking about Amethyst, it is was very interesting to see her do that to make Steven look bad in front of Pearl. Oh, yeah. We talk about old Amethyst versus new Amethyst. I don't think new Amethyst would do that. Yeah, probably not. I said earlier that some of these jokes felt kind of awkward and fell flat to me. That was one of them. The entire opening bit with the sweater, I was not a big fan of. Mm. Yeah, Steven is a very crazy, impulsive character at first. Just like when he brought his ukulele because it was his and he liked it. Oh, right, right. Who knows? He's like, oh, I'm going to bring this parka filled with quarters because, well, we're going to go to, we're not going to go out for pizza, but we are going to go to the arcade. He causes so much damage to Funland. Like, it's just a shame. I don't understand why Mr. Smiley can put up with him. Oh, oh, you can't blame him for not understanding how literally Garnet would take his statements. He's pretty young. I can blame him for, like, unethically trying to just quickly leave so he's not, like, blamed for anything. Yeah. I mean, what's he gonna do? Promise to comb the beach for extra quarters for Mr. Smiley? I just know I get into arguments with people all the time because people are always arguing that Steven is such a great kid and that just makes him a good character because he's so pure and virtuous. And no, this is him trying to directly skirt responsibility. So eat it. Eh, normal kid stuff. Right. No, I agree. It's normal kid stuff. But then that just makes Steven a normal kid. He's not like overly virtuous or anything. No, at least he's, not in this he's instance. He's a good-hearted kid. He doesn't want to get in trouble, but I mean, he didn't mean for there to be any trouble. I'm not letting him off that easy, but fair enough. Mm-mm-mm. Steven did nothing wrong. <laughs> so, this was another episode where we got a hint about the time period of the sh- of the show. You see when Teens of Rage is loading up, it has a 1980 something. You can't see the One's place digit, but it's a 1980s copyright on it. So again, this takes place in what should be our time period, I guess. Didn't someone in the comments say something about that last week? Yeah, David in the comments from last week said that in one of the comments it mentions... Uh, Which episode? Which episode did they mention? David said, the show takes place in 2014-15, as shown in the comments, then he links to a Reddit thread. Yeah, okay, I remember that now. He said that Steven is grounded from from TV and says he won't be able to watch it again until 2014, and that was in one of the comments. 3014. Yeah, 3014. (laughs) So we know that they use Base 10. Right. (laughs) Well, I guess we're just learning new things every day. Yeah, I think we can take the Base 10 as a given. But, you know, the, the time period is just, a, just another small thing. Like, I like to I like to go full Ronaldo every so often and wonder if it takes place, you know, much, much later than the year 2000. But, you, you know, they're, they're basing it off of 2,000 years away from something. In the giga future, as Hunter would say, yeah. But that appears to be the case, you're right. Giga future. What does that mean? What does that mean, Hunter? What does that even mean? <laughs> Uh, but another fun fact, you know, since since with these retrospectives, we we rather than looking upon the episode and projecting forward, we're projecting back towards the episode. And so I can't help but look at the monster they fight at the beginning and think, you know, that's an awful lot like the Slinker. It, it kind of has this tentacle design and it bores through rock. Yeah, a little bit. So it's 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 a little bit Slinkerish. And the, they both presumably have internal gems. We we know this monster's gem was inside of it, and the Slinker has no visible gem, so assuming it's a gem monster, it has to be internal then. Right. Makes 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 you wonder how how would this how would this monster have done if it had if it had got to fight Amethyst rather than the juggernaut that is Garnet. 
it would have won, as would basically anyone on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nobody likes them. They don't even fight like real gem warriors. Amethyst, amethyst, amethyst. You have come, you have come up so much in my eyes. Yeah, agreed. I really like uh, all the development she had in this last Steven Bomb. It was grade A stuff. Yeah, new amethyst, much more to my liking. I approve, one hundred percent. Onion Friend was still my favorite episode out of that last <laughs> Steven Bomb. So just like, just like going back to the old days, we finally completely disagree about an episode again. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were agreeing a little bit too much there for a while. Mm. Yeah, getting a little too chummy for comfort. (laughs) Right. Need to keep GC uh, arm length away. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we we could talk about a couple more fun things in the Funland Arcade, though, because they had a Golf Quest, you know, arcade box. Oh, nice. And we know Steven likes to play Golf Quest Mini at home. I wouldn't mind seeing them play Golf Quest, you know, at the arcade in a later episode. Like, I wouldn't mind them making a whole episode around it. I mean, sure. They, I mean, they can do whatever fun. they want. I mean, as long as they have a good idea for it, I have confidence that they can realize that into a good episode. Yeah, at this point, the pacing, they've really got that down. They've really got the tone nailed. Even in these early episodes, when I was watching them initially, I thought they had the tone nailed perfect. I was in love with it. But at this point, they've gotten so much better that I almost yeah. don't like watching these early episodes. You know, I, I do like watching them, but it, it's more... We're still in the old Steven time, you know. I think... I think Steven the Swordfighter is, is like the turning point between old Steven and then, you know, the middle era of Steven, which, you know, I haven't marked out when that one would end. It would either be, it'd probably be around Warp Tour. Warp right. Tour was a very significant episode. That sounds reasonable. Warp Tour is pretty underrated. I don't know how it could be. You should have seen me when I was watching Warp Tour. Wasn't there that survey on the subreddit where people like ranked all of their favorite episodes? I think that's been done twice. Yeah. The most recent one came out like a week or two ago. We should talk about that at some point on a future episode because in- uh, results are pretty interesting, but War- Warp Tour did not do particularly well. well. Let's see how it did. Back back for season one episodes, Warp Tour had a score of 33.5%, which puts it up there. Does it? Yeah, I mean, really, you look at all, you look at the bar graph and you see Giant Woman is a huge spike, but it's really, you have your Giant Woman spike, Mirror Gem, Ocean Gem spike, Lion 3. These are the huge spikes, and Warp Tour would be at the high end of the non-spikes, is how it turns out to be. That's good to hear, because I really did like that episode. Because it's not an episode where everybody's raving, OMG, I love this episode, but it is at the high end of normal. Gotcha. Warp Tour, I I wouldn't rank Warp Tour as my favorite episode, just because it's not all the ending, but holy cow, the ending of that episode. Yeah, that ending was intimidating. When Peridot first shows up, she's such like a Saturday morning joke character now, but I was like legitimately kind of afraid of her for a little while. Yeah, I, I, I had her pegged as a technician pretty much from pretty much from the very beginning, but I liked her back when she was more in a controlled environment because she is not equipped to handle this and she is not very in control of herself when she can't handle a situation. Right. You see, she's just going by the skin of her teeth right now, you know, flying by the seat of her pants, and she is, you know, kind, kind of losing it. <laughs> Although, if, if they do show up in another, in another ship, and it's a giant foot to go along with that giant hand, they better watch out because Steven knows exactly what he needs to do. Oh, mm. 
Nice callback. He's going to cannonball into the biggest bowl of cereal the Earth has ever known. And then it's just not going to be able to do anything. It's going to have to turn around immediately. It's, it is going to poof right there in the atmosphere. It'll be raining gem warriors down on Beach City. <laughs> That's another thing I can't imagine New Amethyst doing. Getting Steven to slam his face into a bowl of cereal. I can still see New Amethyst doing something like that. I don't think her, like, practical jokishness is going to completely go away. Just maybe not during a mission or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, this, is, this is kind of on the border. Because Steven seemed to be kind of with it. Like, he played, it's like he was playing like it was serious, but didn't right. actually consider it a serious thing. I, I, I think Stevens at that age were play and fiction meld together very, very fluidly, so he can do stuff like that much more readily. Like, a, kind of an improv comic kind of a attitude. I gotcha. But, yeah. Again, new Amethyst, so much better. I approve. Although I do like her old outfit better. Uh, the new outfit's fine. I have no complaints. The new outfit looks so much like an undershirt to me. It's like, Greg finally got some sleeves. Why didn't Amethyst? I said I don't have a strong opinion. It bothered me that Steven threw away a silver dollar while he was looking for quarters. <laughs> I know that was a joke, but still, come on, Steven. Yeah, come on, Steven. You can take that to people, and they'll give you quarters for it. Right. Like, they'll, they'll, be, they'll thank you for it, even. <laughs> thank you for giving me this in exchange for my quarters. Steven, Steven, Steven. But what I'm waiting for is an episode later in the series where he goes back in time with his metal mutt and ends up losing it on the beach. Oh, that would actually, well, I can totally see that happening. Because that would be so cool. And I, 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 will, I will jump up and down and yell, I called that at my television screen when it happens. Hey, you would totally deserve to. That would be a good call. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just guessing here, but can you think of why there would be another metal detector of the exact same model that Steven has right by Steven's house? Double dog. They already did a time travel episode, though, so it seems like that would be their opportunity. I guess they can do mm. another one, but... Well, that, the... Are you talking about the... The time thingy Stevens. episode? Yeah, Steven and the Stevens. Oh, Steven and the Stevens, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that was so much a time travel episode. That's more a creating another world. Because he can go back in time and, you know, see himself and bring himself there. But it makes a paradoxical universe because if Steven was taken away there... I'm talking about more traditional time travel, like something Ray Bradbury might write about. Yeah, okay. No, the kind of thing where if you go back in time, you influence your future, not their future. You know, like, Stephen and the Stevens is a many worlds time travel. I want a one world time travel where he leaves his, you know, metal mutt. It would be cool anyway. Yeah, it would be. Agreed. So do you want to talk about the ratings for this one? Sure. So this episode first aired on February 17th, 2014, and it had 1.105 million viewers. Yeah, early days, early days. Most of the early ones still were outperforming that by a pretty wide margin. This is just unusually bad. Yeah, but I mean, if if we got... now Nowadays, we're looking at 1.6 to 1.8 usually, but if, if we had a 1.1, everybody would flip out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's really, really bad. If, if, if Steven had 1.1, you know that Teen Titans Go probably wouldn't do, wouldn't have done much more than 1.5 or 1.6 that day, but that wouldn't stop people from freaking out just because the absolute number would be much lower than what we're used to. Right. 
But hey, Steven seems to be very well respected by the network. I, I don't know why they pushed us back, so we're doing a retrospective rather than talking about Nightmare Hospital today. But, you know, we're still getting an hour a day all week in reruns, so it's not like they're trying to wipe Steven off the map. And we got a season three, so not too much to complain mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. So this episode was written and boarded by Lamar Abrams, Aleth Romanilos, Romanalos, Romanilos, and Luke Weber. Hmm. Let's see. What else has Luke Weber done? Because I don't remember him. He was on Catfingers and this, and that's all he's done, apparently. I guess they were still sorting the teams out back then. Yeah. Well, I guess that just about wraps it up. We'll be talking about Giant Woman next week. That should generate some very an excited discussion. At least I know I'll be excited. I really like that episode, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. It is such a fan favorite. Gonna Looking forward to that one. Well, everybody, we will see you next week. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. Leave us a review on iTunes. Way to go with those calls to action. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.